0: All right. Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your guide to winning and losing money on current events. I'm David. I'm joined by my co-host, Starly. Hi, Starly. Hi. John also is on the line. Hi, John. Hey. John, you're looking fresh-faced and clean-shaven. What's the 411 on your lack of facial hair? It's spring.
1: I've gotten my vaccine, my second dose it's getting warm here and humid and this thing was getting out of control and I was ready to get rid of it. So I did.
2: It looks good. Thank you. Do you feel liberated?
1: No, I don't feel good. I I like have um, face dysmorphia after I shave my beard and my face feels really small and strange. And and, uh, for the first few days, I'm really depressed, but Mm -hmm. I think it's starting to fill back out again, at least in my mind.
2: Because hair is everything. I guess hair is everything.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
2: That's a quote from what? Fleabag season two.
1: Really? I thought that was in the Q documentary.
2: I'm over the Q documentary.
0: What do you mean? Did you finish it?
2: No, I got to episode four, and then I just started to get bummed out. It just it's a so bummer. awful. <laughs> I, it's I, a... I wasn't <laughs>
0: telling you it was going to be a pick me up. <laughs> It wasn't like you should either watch Singing in the Rain or <laughs> queue into the storm.
2: Yeah, it, it it was the um like the parts that that 8chan was being used as a forum for. Nice stuff? Yeah, good stuff.
0: Good healthy stuff?
2: Yeah, I just
0: Yeah, all right. I I, I understand. It's fine to take a break. I'm glad you got as far as you did. Congratulations on making it through four episodes. Mm
2: -hmm. I think four.
0: In a stretch? Almost four. Uh, John, have you watched the Q documentary yet? I'm almost done with the first episode.
2: Mm. So you're still living in the (laughs) salad days. John's
0: like, let me watch this at 0.25 speed so I can soak up the vibes (laughs) and not miss a single tasty morsel of this shadowy internet culture that preys on our worst instincts. Yeah. Is that why you shaved your beard, John? You got a message, a Q drop that said, pay attention, patriots. Clean shaven, baby face, innocent, making sense now? storm is coming six blades john was like i must shave my beard i must shave my beard i must be a baby face warrior for freedom i must be a baby <laughs> face warrior for freedom yeah that was it
2: john do you think having a haircut and a beard shave is the way to go it's a lot of new to take in at once
1: you know what i think it actually is because you you have balance so i had this big beard and my hair was really pretty big too. And then when I shaved the beard, it was still a few days before I went to go get the haircut and there was no balance at all. So I feel like there's some balance now. But my head is Mm. very tiny now compared to what (laughs) it was. So I feel like I have a a total pinhead because of the loss of that hair weight.
2: You don't look like you have a pinhead. Speaking
0: of hair weight and body dysmorphia, I realized... You know, I always said when I started growing my hair, because now it's been over a year since I've had my hair cut, and I always told myself, I'll cut my hair when all this is over. And what does that mean when all this is over? Does it mean when I get my vaccine or is it when there's a grand national celebration where everyone in the country shaves their head at the same time on the National Mall to celebrate Biden triumphing over the pandemic? Or does it mean like right before I go out to dinner for the first time, I'll cut my hair? And then one of the benchmarks was I'll cut my hair when it's longer than it's ever been because I feel like for months I've been flirting with a new personal best when it comes to how long my hair is. And last night, admiring my reflection after showering and shampooing my hair, I thought to myself, I think I've done it. I think this is the longest my hair has ever been, (laughs) which is to say this is probably as long as my hair will ever be because I can't imagine another set of circumstances in which I'll have occasion or the drive or the focus to grow my hair this long again. And then I thought, so now I suppose I could cut my hair. But then upon further reflection, literal reflection, because I was looking at my naked body in the mirror after taking a shower, I was like, if I cut my hair short now, you want to talk about an unbalanced body? (laughs) These love handles are going to be looking like Samsonites. Like I took two roll-on bags and taped into the side of my belly. I can't cut my hair until I lose a little of this weight. I have put on, I weighed myself for the first time since all this began. I've gained 30 pounds, 30 pounds over the course of this pandemic. The dirty thirty. I told my therapist, I think I'm gaining weight. And he said, yeah, I call it the (laughs) COVID-19. Like the freshman 15. I'm going to have to tell this fella, dude, you were off. (laughs) You were off. I gained the COVID-30. So I can't get rid of this hair until I get rid of a little of this cheese weight that I've put on. This cheese weight, this wine weight. Well, go for it. That's good motivation.
1: Yeah. Just say I'm going to lose 20 of this
0: and then I'll cut my hair. Or just keep your hair. I think your hair looks great. And keep the weight. And just do it. I mean, we've talked about how will we recognize ourselves and how will others recognize us as we all emerge post-COVID. People aren't going to—because I also got glasses. I look like I'm in disguise. (laughs) I look like I'm coming out of COVID in disguise. The Bureau— like, I'm about to go undercover in an ISIS training camp. So I had to get so shaggy and big and baggy with my glasses. And now I'm going to go to this ISIS training camp and try to do all this nefarious tomfoolery. Oh, and everyone in France is looking for me, driving themselves crazy. But they don't know whether to rescue me because I betrayed the institution. And so now they don't know whether, is it better to just leave him with these crazed Islamists or should we go rescue him?
2: No spoilers. Oh, it's the best. But you ride your bike a lot. You ride your bike all the time during the pandemic, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it's my preferred mode of transportation. I really
2: don't like driving. So that's exercise. You had exercise. Yeah, but I feel like it's not—I feel like—
0: <laughs> And I check my steps, you know. I, I really try to get 10,000 steps a day. I really try to stay active, you know. Really try not to succumb to lethargy and, and entropy.
2: I don't know. Maybe people should just be easy lazy on themselves and not care if they gained weight or stopped exercising during the pandemic. Yeah, I think that's true. You
0: can only beat yourself up so much.
2: That's what people yeah. are dreading is the pressure to adjust back.
0: And you're saying you don't have to adjust back. Be a new have a new attitude. Have a new body. Have a new hair.
2: Yeah, why not? It feels more healthy doing that than it does what the world makes you. Yeah. That's the unhealthy part.
0: So keep experimenting. Yeah. Keep growing your hair. Keep finding little pockets of heft on your body.
2: Yeah, embrace it. <laughs> embrace it.
0: Let's start the podcast. I wanted to start with a correction. John. Do you remember a couple months ago when we were beside ourselves with a sort of dread and glee about this Russian bounty story? Mm -hmm. Word on the street was Vladimir Putin was paying members of the Taliban to kill American soldiers and Donald Trump knew about it and didn't do anything about it. Of course, my theory was because of the P-tape. But now there's been an update to that story. John, why don't you issue the correction profit makers?
1: Yeah, the update is that it was based on the Times and and other... Outlets went with it, just based on unnamed sources. And was
0: Glenn Greenwald happy about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. That's the type of thing that uh, conservatives or libertarians like Greenwald love to see the mainstream press with egg on its face.
0: So there you go. No egg on our face. Correction issued.
2: I don't care what Glenn Greenwald thinks.
0: Really? Oh, my gosh. That dude is so chill. What about Barry
1: Weiss? Ooh, I, I had a dream about her. Wait, what? I don't know what the dream was, but I know I dreamed about her. When? Last night? Either last night or the night before.
2: You don't remember any details?
0: John, make something up, dude.
2: No, no, you can't make up dreams. That's going against dream code.
0: Think, John. Think. Uh, okay, we were—we
1: we had some—I was— uh, interacting with her. And it had something to do well, we were on the UNC campus, the University of North Carolina in the pit, which is a central location at UNC where the student stores are. Of course, amazingly, it wasn't the pit. Wait, but you just told me
0: it was the pit.
1: Yeah, but that's how dreams are. It's like I was in my house, but it wasn't <laughs> my house. It didn't look anything like it, but it was the pit.
0: I love how much you hate dreams. You just hate dreams so much. You think dreams are so dumb. Well, they're just boring. (laughs) Oh, what are you talking about? I have the most magnificent dream. I mean, they're not magnificent. They're awful, but they're not boring.
1: No, they're boring. And this one's boring. We were at the pit. We were... Hanging out. I remember there was a bunch of construction going. See, that's
0: interesting. Construction,
1: new growth, building. I think there was an archaeological dig, and we were walking around, and I was wandering aloud with her. Like, I wonder how many old coins you could find in these trenches, because this has probably been a gathering place. This is the first state university in the United States. Something like that.
0: John, this is a terrific dream. Okay, well, that's all I remember. Walking around... UNC campus, the pit, which is a hub for student activity with noted free speech advocate and genius editor and writer, because she's a genius editor and a genius writer, Bari Weiss, the legend. Realizing there's construction going on, and then there's also an archeological dig that could expose rare old coins because the pit has probably been a gathering place since before the founding of the oldest public university. In America? Well, what does it mean? Well, I mean, let's get into it. You love Bari Weiss and you agree with everything she writes. Most of it, yes. That's that's obvious. You live near UNC. That's probably why UNC was the location. And now we have construction, yeah. growth, turning over a new leaf. You're going to re-enter the world, but also the archaeological dig, finding the foundations. Why do we do the things we do? From whence do we come? So it's forward-looking and also... A sort of backwards analytical retreat into the past. And then, of course, we have coins the coin of the realm. What is the coin of the realm with Barry Weiss? Hot takes, contrarian positions, (laughs) no fear, challenging the liberal shibboleths that are bringing this society to the edge of destruction. You and Barry Weiss will share in the bounty of these magical coins. John, I think what it means is you are going to start a Substack, <laughs> and you are going to go head to head with Glenn Greenwald, Barry Weiss, Matt Taibbi, all these free thinking, free speech warriors who won't succumb to groupthink, and you're going to have the hottest
2: take. Matt Taibbi sends out so many of his Substacks, John. If I subscribe to his free newsletter. I get like three to four Matt Taibbi's. Substack's a day, I feel.
1: That's how you get paid.
2: But I'm not even paying him. I'm not even paying him. I'm getting the free stuff. So you're going to have to be prepared to, like, pound those Red Bulls. No sleeping.
0: Publish, publish, publish. Send, send, send.
2: No predict it. You're going to have to choose between Substack and predict it.
1: That's easy. I'll choose Substack, definitely. I already have my domain name, my subdomain. I'm kimball.substack. That's pretty
0: good. Yeah.
2: Matt Taibbi's, I feel like, is like foreign cities or something, foreign news. When it comes into my inbox, it's like, it's always been in my inbox. It feels ancient.
0: Whoa. That's like John's dream about (laughs) the archaeological dig.
2: (laughs) Maybe you dreamt about Matt Taibbi's substack.
0: Oh, my God. My old pal, Matt Taibbi. Don't know what happened there. Did Matt
1: Taibbi have anything to say about the, the Russia bounty story.
0: Oh, no, Matt Matt, <laughs> Matt. doesn't have anything to say about the Russia bounty story, or Russia in general. Matt's attitude now is like, Rachel Maddow is worse than Bill O'Reilly, and MSNBC is worse than Fox News.
2: I had a dream about Jake Tapper.
0: Here we go. This is,
2: let's just do nothing
0: but dreams <laughs> session this week. Nothing but dreams. Alright, let's hear your Jake Tapper dream, assuming it's family friendly.
2: It wasn't family friendly. Oh! <laughs> oh!
0: Oh! <laughs> I created an interactive feature of our podcast, Never Before Done. This is going to make podcast history, election profit makers making history once again. You've tried the rest. Now try the best, election profit makers. Joe Biden last week announced that on September 11th, he's pulling out of Afghanistan after only 20 years of fun and frolicking in that country. This is something that Obama had talked about doing. This is something that Donald Trump had talked about doing. And now Joe Biden says he's going to do it by gum. Everyone listening in honor of this, because I was thinking about it. I used to pay a fair amount of attention to Afghanistan back in the day, as we all did. But I realized, man, for a country that we have been in for 20 years, 20 years, I know so little about Afghanistan, considering that I've been paying taxes to keep it occupied for 20 years. So here's what we're going to do. Everybody listening, John and Starley, you can play along, but you don't have to because you're the school administrators like me. Everyone go get a piece of paper and a number two pencil. <laughs> okay. Get John, go get that, what do you call it? Tassindaraga pencil? Tassindaraga. Tassindaraga pencil. Go get your paper and your pencil. Hit pause on this podcast until you have them. We are going to have the 20th anniversary Afghanistan pop quiz. I'm going to quiz everybody on Afghanistan. We're going to see how much you learned about Afghanistan over the past 20 years. Okay. Question number one. What is the population of Afghanistan? What is the population of Afghanistan? Let's say within 10%. You, could, you have a, a margin of error of 10%. John, what's your guess? I see him shaking his head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's, all, he's lost in thought. thinking about digging for magical coins with Barry Weiss. He's going to be useless throughout this quiz. 50 million. 32 million. Hmm. Second question, write down, I'm talking into the class now, write down three or more of the ethnic groups that comprise Afghanistan. Three or more of the ethnic groups that comprise Afghanistan. And I know you could do it for Game of Thrones, so don't act like you don't know about how to sort out different types of populations. Okay. You got them, John? Let's hear them. Does one start with a P, like the push Yeah. Pashtun. That's the leading ethnic group. 42% of the population is Pashtun. That's the only one I know. Okay. And I didn't even really get it. No, you did good. Okay. Should I list the other ethnic groups? I mean, i am it's not like I knew any of this. I'm not just sitting up here acting like this is all from my memory. I'm straight up bogarting Wikipedia right now. I'm the worst public school teacher that ever lived. Although I have heard of the Turkmen and the Uzbeks and the Tajiks, obviously. And then there's the Hazara and the Almak. But Pashtun is the most important one. And Pashto is the language, I think. John- What side of the road do the Afghans drive on? The left side or the right side? We've been there for 20 years. There's no reason not to know this. I would say the right side. You're correct. They drive on the right side. Now I need everyone to answer this next question. What is the calling code for Afghanistan? Oh,
1: I bet it's something bad. I bet they got totally screwed with theirs.
0: It's nine three. Oh, I was gonna say nine nine. Not bad. Okay. And John, I know you'll know this one. This is for everybody else. What is Afghanistan's internet TLD? What is their country domain?
1: Uh, boy, I'm gonna say it's A G.
2: Is it A F?
1: Starly's right. It's dot
2: A F. As fuck. That's right. That's that's the one you want.
0: Good job. I'm embarrassed I didn't know that. There's been a massive study done called the Costs of War Project based out of um, Boston University. How many people have died as a direct result of our war in Afghanistan over the past 20 years? How many people have died? I would say at least 100,000.
2: I was going to say 100,000.
0: 241,000 people. 71,000 wow. civilians, 2,400 American service members, 78,000 Afghan military police, and 84,000 opposition fighters. Mm. That's the best estimate. And now the total cost, estimated total cost of the 20-year war in Afghanistan. Oh, my God.
1: Is it, a, a, is it up to a trillion dollars at this point?
0: Yep, it's up to a trillion dollars. Okay. I, I, once you get beyond a trillion, I know it's kind, it's kind of hard to think about. Two trillion dollars? Yeah, two and a quarter trillion dollars, they estimate. Oh, wow. Good Lord. That's a lot.
2: I don't think if that's any stretched out over 20 years. I feel like we spend money so recklessly. It's, what else have we put two, a trillion dollars into?
0: Well, you know, when I saw that number, $2.26 trillion, I was like, yeah, that is a lot of money. And then it made me realize, like, God damn, I think. I think Biden's American rescue plan was a fucking huge rescue plan. Like, that was a lot of money. <laughs> Made me kind of excited.
2: Yeah, or to cheap war.
0: It's just you always assume like they're going to spend a trillion dollars on some war and then they're going to give each of us 50 cents, you know, so that we won't become a socialist. Right. I mean, what did you get for that 2.2 2 trillion? Well, I mean, this is the big question. This is the final question. Final question on our pop quiz, listeners, is an essay question. The essay question is, and don't forget to write your, you have to have your thesis sentence and the first sentence of your paragraph is your thesis sentence. So John put his finger on it. What have we gained from our 20 years in Afghanistan? What have we gained? Was it worth it, I guess, is the question. And then I'm going to end up with my favorite factoid about Afghanistan that I never forgot. You know, I used to be really into Afghanistan. I even went to go see Hamid Karzai. I was so into Hamid Karzai because Hamid Karzai's brother had an incredible Afghan restaurant in Boston called Helmand. This was, and it's the first time I ever had Afghani food. And then Hamid Karzai was appointed prime minister or whatever. And then we remember the Loya Jirga. Woo, we want to have an, an Afghanistan nostalgia hour. Remember when they had the Loya Jirga for the first time and we all learned about the Loya Jirga, that massive council they had where everyone came from across Afghanistan to learn about it? Hamid Karzai was so chic and stylish. Do you remember Hamid Karzai's long coats and his hats? Oh, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, Hamid Karzai, we're gonna turn this country around. We're gonna liberate these women. We're gonna paint all these schools. We're gonna get everybody educated. We're gonna run the Taliban out of here. We're gonna burn all the opium because they made all their money growing poppy for heroin. And then they started just burning all the poppies and they wanted to replace it with like pomegranates and almonds that all comes back to my my roasted unsalted almonds because they grow almonds in Afghanistan. The one thing that I've always remembered about Afghanistan that really just put everything in context was that in 2011, this is 10 years after 9-11, halfway through, we realize now the war in Afghanistan, they did a survey of young men. uh, This is after Obama had done the surge. Do we remember the surge? More Afghanistan memories that we all love. That's when we were going to knock out the bad guys once and for all with the surge. So we had sent troops, they were clustered in a certain number of Southern provinces when we did the surge. And so they they polled, They did a poll of young Afghan men, ages 15 to 30. 92% of those Afghans had never heard of 9-11 and had no idea what it was. They were given a three paragraph description to read about the 9-11 attacks. And 92% of these Afghans were like, I've never heard of this in my life. Isn't
2: that so crazy?
0: Wow. It really kind of puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? So
2: they knew a war was happening, but they didn't know why. Well, it's kind of like
0: us with school shootings, right? I mean, that's just how it is over there. Yeah, it's the
1: war since well, at least since 1980, yeah. For decades and decades, yeah.
2: So wait, what do we but what did we
1: Yeah, what do we get out of it? Yeah. I think they would the the Department of Defense, the you know, Hawks would argue that we got some form of a uh, breathing room from a terrorist breeding ground and that we were able to contain the Taliban in some way. I think that's what they would argue.
2: What would Afghanistan say? Are they, would they say it helped?
1: That's what I don't know. So there is some polling, which I saw, and I it seemed very suspect to me, frankly, was that the, the Afghanis had a positive view of the United States, more so than any other country. I, I don't know if that means they had a positive view, or if they just have a negative view of everywhere since they've been shit on by pretty much everyone.
2: Where does that poll come? Where were you reading that poll from?
1: You know, on the internet, somewhere.
0: Oh, well, this is. <laughs> I mean, where, where, where was I supposed to read it? Well, Yes, good point. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of Afghans had a positive view of the United States. It wouldn't surprise me if people in the rural Western areas had no, no idea that the United States were even in Afghanistan for 20 years or if they were there, what they were doing there. I'm sure if you live in Kabul or Kandahar or a big city, it's probably better, especially if you were able to like finesse your way into a sweet government job because the corruption over there is bonkers. I just wanted to mark the occasion. It's pretty historic because we've been there for 20 years. That's such a long time to be in a country.
2: So why is he doing it now? He just got lucky. Did he just get lucky that he's the one who arrived when we had the least, we had enough, we had a scant enough amount left there that he could be the one that pulled the rest out?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're tapering it.
2: Yeah, it's not like it's finally finally safe. It's not like COVID where the numbers, you have to stay, the infection rate's got to be down for long enough in order to open things up.
1: Right. Well, so right now there's 2,500 US troops, which is way down. At one point, we had over 100,000 US troops.
0: We had 100,000 troops in Afghanistan. Isn't that crazy to think about? That is crazy. I mean, these Afghan memories are blowing my mind.
2: The craziest part to think about is this, it just kept going
0: yeah
2: (laughs) in this but in this like low hum from here at least it's gone on for so long and and it's been so easy to not think about for 20 years yeah totally from here
0: uh, yeah totally yeah i think they're trying to form a new government now and you know they've been trying to have talks with the taliban and now the taliban is saying they're going to walk away from the talks because biden said he would be out in may and he's not going to leave until september
2: to commemorate 20 years
0: Yeah. Officially. It's like the fucking Freedom Tower. Why'd they have to make the Freedom Tower 1,776 feet tall? It's so corny. It's beneath our (laughs) dignity. That's like the most enraging architectural fact of all time. I know. It's awful. But I understand politically or the theater of it, it's like, yeah, we're leaving on 20 years after September 11th.
2: Literally saying September. Yeah.
0: What? The 20th anniversary. That's when they're going to pull the troops out. That's when everyone will be gone. The 20th anniversary of September 11th.
2: I thought it was just now. Like, now it's been 20 years.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. It's September 11th. It's a thing.
2: That's so dumb.
0: (laughs) Numbers. Numbers. Cue, activate numbers.
2: Like, imagine being one of the soldiers who's like, okay.
0: I got to wait here. I got to wait here till September 11th. (laughs) They're like, but you have to admit, it is going to be pretty dope that we fly (laughs) out of here on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Especially because I wasn't alive then. I really care about this because I'm 19 (laughs) years old. (laughs) I just I just wanted to commemorate the occasion because Afghanistan, whew, Afghanistan, you used to be on my mind, and I have to say over the years, over the past 20 years, I've really let my attention drift from you, Afghanistan, and I'm sure a lot of us have, and I apologize for that.
1: My guess is they're not going to wait until September 11th. They're not going to give them the exact date.
0: Hey, Taliban, we will be out of here on September 11th, so... <laughs> I think you're probably right. And there's probably a lot of logistics. Yeah. There's probably a lot of logistics involved. Probably.
2: (laughs) Yeah, think about how long it takes for you to, like, pack up your hotel room after you've been on a trip for a month.
0: Now imagine that you've been in that hotel room for 20 years.
2: It's all the stuff you got on your trip that you have to now fit into the original suitcase you brought to go buy a new suitcase.
1: Yeah, they're going to try to bring all this stuff (laughs) back, and the U.S. is like, we don't have room for all these helicopters.
0: Police departments are like, we'll take them. Give us your helicopters. Give us your rocket launchers. Give us some tanks so we can run over these protesters in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I think we need to just blow up these helicopters. I mean, they're old now. They're 20 years old.
0: Here we go. This is real talk from John Kimball, weapons demolition expert. Just blow up all (laughs) the weapons, right? You don't even want to beat these swords into plowshares. You just want to blow them up. Yeah.
2: You wouldn't take a 20-year-old helicopter they offered it to you?
0: (laughs) You know how much work it would be to maintain a twenty-year-old helicopter. If
2: the choice was between no helicopter or a twenty-year-old helicopter, wouldn't you take the twenty-year-old?
0: No helicopter. John. No, I'd take a helicopter if I had
1: space for it. Yeah. Let's say I had like fifty acres, and they gave me a helicopter. I'd be like, "Yeah, put it back there at the on the tree line for what the kids could play in the helicopter."
2: Yeah.
0: The thing is going to be infested with field mice, it's going to be such a drag. Every time you want to let the kids go play in it, you're going to have to spend 45 minutes clearing out toxic mouse poop and hay.
2: That's
1: okay. Yeah, you're right. There's probably like
0: expended... Uranium.
2: I think it'd be fine. You convert it like you convert like a VW bus.
0: Oh, and turn it into like, oh, this is our little mini house. It's an old Apache helicopter from from Operation Enduring Freedom. Yeah. What we did was we cleared out the bomb bays and the missile launchers, and that's where we store our dishware. Mm -hmm. And uh, the pilot cockpit is now a sunroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. We got a listener question from Ben. Ben says, I've never contacted a podcast before, so I can't believe I'm doing this, but I couldn't help it. This question is mostly for John, since he seems to be the only host who really loves praise music. I grew up Catholic, and even though it's been a long time since I've been to Mass, and I'm not religious anymore, I still occasionally break out a refrain from my favorite church hymn bangers, and this really annoys my girlfriend. She really hates it. A great thing happened on Easter, though. She let me play some of my favorites for a while on Spotify. The problem is, the problem is, I realize it's been so long since I've been to church, my playlist wasn't very long. I couldn't remember enough songs. I wish I had one of our old hymnals that we used to use at Mass. John... I need help lengthening my praise music playlist. Are there any chances you could create an official election profit maker's praise music playlist? An E-P-M-P-M-P. No, there's no chance. This this guy,
1: this guy knows more. I I enjoy praise music, but I'm not a praise music expert. I mean, he mentions, he said, I still have a soft spot for Christian alternative music, MXPX, Five Iron Frenzy, the Supertones. I mean, he's, he's name-checking all these Christian bands. I don't, I don't even know. He should make a, a playlist for us.
0: Oh, that's right, Ben. Why aren't you making us a playlist? Why are we doing your emotional labor? Yeah. I mean, I would do it if I was an expert, but I truly am not. Ben, make us the EPMPMP. We're going to become a political praise music podcast. Mm. That's your assignment. Starley, you're going to love it. Mm-mm. You're going to love it. Oh, my God. Imagine if this whole years-long podcast project was just a long, slow, patient operation to convert Starley to evangelical Christianity. Oh. We're, tr- we're trying to recruit you just like in the Bureau and just like in QAnon. Mm. Question from Will. Will has a Skyline question. I'm not sure if you guys are watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, but Marvel— made a strong entry in the field of fictional skylines with their made-up city called Madripoor.
2: What did he ask us if he's not sure if we're we're watching what?
0: Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're not. I think it's a new Marvel, it's a Marvel show.
2: Falcon and Winter Soldier, that just answers, I just saw someone, a post for someone abbreviated that. They were watching and they were like, on the newest episode of F-S-W-S, and I was like, what is that? Oh, it must be this. Mm -hmm. If this question brings nothing else, at least I know the answer to that.
0: But I feel like this is what was confusing to me about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I feel like I saw a Captain America movie called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And the Winter Soldier was like, I think he was like a Russian spy or something. He was very moody. You know, looked like he would work for the high school literary journal. But he could fight. This Winter Soldier could fight. And it was one of those great things where you think he's a bad guy. And then I think at the end, he became a good guy. Falcon, I think, is Captain America's friend who can fly. Marvel extended the universe. Yeah. So I think Falcon and Winter Soldier's spinoff.
2: The Marvel extended universe being all of television and entertainment.
0: That's right. Okay, so what do we think about this skyline? Well, I like the name of the city,
1: Madripoor. That's a cool city name. Uh, I like it. It looks very uh, Shanghai-ish.
0: Right. This orbital element on this one tower is very shanghai Yeah, it doesn't
1: look fictional necessarily to me. I mean, if I were to see this, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a skyline somewhere.
0: I would assume it was Singapore, probably because of Madripoor. That's probably the area of the world that they've put it in, right? Southeast Asia.
2: There's a new Captain America coming. Wyatt Russell, star of Lodge 49. That guy's going to be Captain America? Mm Mm-hmm. I got to make sure this is not... Secret intel. Hold on. Yeah, it is. Okay.
0: 90 minutes of Captain America sitting on the sofa slamming Fritos. I love it.
2: Mm-hmm. He's very affable. Captain Captain America
0: for our times. I see you, Captain America. You're doing fine. You hang in there, Captain America.
2: Uh, since we're talking about Marvel, mm-hmm. the news in Los Angeles that happened last week was all of our movie theaters are not coming back, pretty much. Right. There's this place called The Arclight. And the Cinerama Dome, and then they also own this chain, specific theaters. so in, in, the, in the malls are these, are the, is this chain. none of that's coming back. So L.A. makes movies, but we have no movie theaters. The arc light was the main thing I was looking forward to re- reopening post-pandemic. I mean, really it's the only thing I cared about reopening here, and it's not going to reopen. Going to the movies is the best thing you can do. There's nothing better than going to the movies. And everything on TV is Marvel. Yeah, In the theaters, everything was already Marvel, and now everything on TV is Marvel, and I'm sure some of these shows are good, but it's such a bummer. I'm so upset about it.
0: What's your best celebrity sighting at the Arclight, Starly?
2: <sighs> I feel like I have less celebrity sightings than other people do, because other people seem to see celebrities every time they go. Um, my friend tweeted about how he went and saw, I think, Bad Grandpa, and every single person in the theater was a celebrity. Oh, really? Yeah. Every seat— and it was a regular screening. What's your best celebrity? I'm going to think about it. What's your best one?
0: Well, I hadn't, li- I hadn't lived in L.A. very long before everything got shut down for COVID, but I went to see Parasite at the Arclight. And as we were leaving, the person directly in front of me getting her ticket torn was the OA's Britt Marling, mm-hmm. dressed in all white. And I freaked out so hard. I squeezed Emily's arm so hard she literally thought I was having a stroke. But I was just... I couldn't believe that I was so close to the ultra genius Brit Marling cuz I think I just watched the second season of the OA maybe.
2: Was that after the OA got canceled? Cuz after the OA got canceled there was like the protesters for the OA on Sunset for like Yeah, months. those
0: people go pretty hard. The hung- people who are doing a hunger fast yeah. to get <laughs> the OA picked up for a third season, it's like
2: mm, <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> that's dedication there.
2: But also ArcLight had premieres, so even if you weren't going to the premiere, usually when you'd go to see a movie, there'd be a little red carpet walk. Outsides so you'd see celebrities going into a thing that you weren't attending but you got to see. That was very common.
0: Hollywood glitz and glamor.
2: I just I'm I'm so upset about. It. I'm t- it really has affected my mood so much. And I and is the reason I'll leave LA.
0: Is this a more of a bummer for you than the other business just one block away that closed earlier this year, Amoeba Records, the legendary rec- record store on Sunset?
2: I didn't know Amoeba closed, but that oh. seems like more of a matter of time. Personally, it's less of a bummer for me, but it's definitely, I definitely respect the level of bummer that it is.
0: Those were two huge cultural anchors on that stretch of sunset. And now Amoeba is completely empty. The sign is down. I biked by the other day to see the arc light, to look at the great dome.
2: I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the point will be. I don't know what the point will be. I, I really don't know what goes through someone's head. If you're the landlord, use the pandemic to take away the things that but I mean, make what? They're,
0: they're probably like, look, we got Target chomping at the bit to take over this space. We're going to make care. so much money and rent from Target.
2: That's what I mean, though. If, if you're that person who that's how you're thinking and they own everything and they control everything, I find it so dark. I find it so dark to have come out the other side of the pandemic and not learned your Scrooge lesson. If you're the guy who comes through the pandemic and emerges with all the ghosts of Christmas future having descended upon you during the pandemic and you're still coming out the other end being like, yeah, I do want to ruin Christmas, there's no hope then.
0: Yeah, their lesson from the pandemic was probably we need a tenant whose business model is not contingent on people gathering joyfully. Mass gatherings indoors, having a cultural shared experience. Yeah. This is the real estate business. It's not the real estate friendshipness. Yeah. The pandemic was pretty disruptive, but in terms of, it's kind of like when you see those damn statistics about the overall percentage that like Jeff Bezos or whoever donated in response to the pandemic, you know, like someone, the famous heavy metal band Metallica donated a lot of money in the pandemic Those guys are really wealthy. Those guys are really rich. And then someone was like, look at how much money Metallica has donated to the pandemic versus Jeff Bezos as a percentage of their income or their their net worth. Yeah. And it was like, Metallica looked like Mother Teresa compared to fucking Jeff Bezos, the richest man on earth. The pandemic didn't change shit for these people.
2: Well, I can't even imagine what the ghost of Christmas future would have to look like to shift. Jeff
1: Bezos thinking. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Bezos can't give money to charity because then that takes away from his net worth and he has to beat Elon Musk. That's all he cares about. That's all he cares about.
2: And the pandemic fed his power. He got so much more powerful during the pandemic because everyone needed his business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do fear that he's going to buy the movie theaters that closed, and we're going to have to. You're going to have to, I you're won't. Gonna have to I won't.
0: bend the knee to Jeff I Bezos. I'm
2: not doing it. If I, mark my, I'm putting it down now. Mark my words like uh, Lindsey Graham. I'm saying it now. I'm, all right,
0: say it. I'm ready.
2: If Jeff Bezos buys the Arclight and Cinerama Dome, in that chain of theaters, I will not go to those theaters.
0: Wow. I like this. This is exciting. Yeah. If Jeff Bezos buys the Arclight and everyone, everyone on Hollywood Twitter starts loving Jeff Bezos. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. Oh, thank you. See what we can do. When we, blah, 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 blah. I guess it's good that they didn't org- they, the union <laughs> didn't win their election. Now you have the money to buy the Arclight. Thank you. You will never enter the Arclight. Yes. Even when John Kimball's movie premieres, his movie that he makes with Barry Weiss about two <laughs> free thinkers looking for gold coins and architectural ruins—ruins. Ruins.
2: His um social network about his Substack.
0: Right when Aaron Sorkin writes a movie about John Kimball's Substack.
2: Yeah, I will not. I will not go. I'm sorry, John.
0: You'll just meet. A, you'll meet us afterwards at the after party. We're having the after party in the abandoned shell of former Amoeba records.
2: He'll buy that too, but yes.
0: With water dripping out of the ceiling and stuff and snakes scurrying around.
2: Yeah, that's where you'll find me.
0: Right. <laughs> what if Jeff Bezos opened the cutest little taco truck? Would you support it? And it was real authentic tacos.
2: It depends if it's tri- if it's like across the street from like a local taco truck and he's taking away their business. Well, it that's depends- a
0: guarantee. Yeah, He's going to be taking away their business. That's kind of his business. His business model is, I'm taking away your business. (laughs) (laughs) Bookstores, I'm taking away your business. Handbag designers, I'm taking away your business. Movie producers, I'm taking away your business.
2: But it wouldn't be a sacrifice if I couldn't go to that taco truck. It would be, there's no greater sacrifice if an incredible movie theater were to open that I couldn't partake in. That is
0: the ultimate testament to your integrity. Yes, because there's nothing you like more than going to see a movie in a, on a big screen at a nice big movie theater where you might even see a celebrity.
2: I love it so much. And I am going to leave L.A. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Where are you going? Back to Chicago. Oh, back to the 773. You're going back to the 917, <laughs> 718?
2: Back to New York, not 773. There's no returning to 773. It's like the island in Lost. Once you leave 773, you can't go back. Hmm. People with seven seven three understand that.
0: Huh. This is an interesting episode. I like this one. <laughs> is there anything else, John? Uh, I'm down about hundred bucks on Matt
1: Gates. That's depressing. Oh, God. Uh, I'm down. Yeah. I, I I
2: I don't like any of these markets. <laughs> I hate these reservation oh, markets.
0: Oh, but we have to admit, <laughs> will Cuomo resign before May first? I'm rocking that market.
2: Oh boy. I think we need to start taking seriously the Andrew Yang market. There's gonna be waves to ride.
0: I'm getting crushed in that market. I have a hundred dollars. I'm um yeah. I said Andrew Yang would not win the mayoral election and he's totally gonna win. I have two hundred shares.
2: When's the election?
0: June twenty second.
2: Jeez, oh my god. He's Andrew Yang's about to be mayor. In June, it's
0: nuts. It's nuts. We'll see.
2: It's like New York will survive the pandemic, and then what will take New York down will be Andrew Yang.
0: I don't know, man. I think he's friends with Elon Musk. I think it could be really cool. Sometimes he tweets at Elon Musk about coming up with solutions. Yeah, you could add some tunnels in New York.
2: So I got to get back. I got to get back to New York before Andrew Yang is mayor.
0: That's not happening. He's going to be mayor before you're back in New York.
2: No, I'm going to go back. I need. I'll have a month. I'll get, I'll, have, I'll have one blissful month.
1: This is going to end up being one of the biggest losses I've ever taken. The Matt Gates by May 1st?
2: What happens after May 1st with him?
1: I think he may get indicted at some point. Charged with something at some point. It just won't happen in the
0: next two weeks.
2: No one cares about anything anymore. No one cares about anything anymore. We have no <laughs> movies. Andrew Yang's is going to be mayor.
0: Starley is, Starly is hit bottom here. The arc light <laughs> is closed and Matt Gates walks free. <laughs> Yeah, it could happen. Two weeks. Maybe he gets indicted tomorrow, and then he resigns. Oh, I'm going to lose almost $100 on all this stuff. I don't want to lose $100. Patreon.com slash election profit makers.
2: <laughs> I'm on $100 too.
0: Patreon.com slash election profit makers <laughs> for the Discord for the special <laughs> monthly premium episodes. You need to help us make up these losses. We were a bunch of wild-eyed adventurers believing in the best of our fellow citizens and we're all just getting dunked on. Even John Kimball's about to suffer a historic loss.
2: They need to give us enough money so we can put in a viable bid against Bezos.
0: To buy the Arclight. We need that Arclight money.
2: If they gave us like a billion dollars, I promise I would use it towards the Arclight. If they, if I was made a billionaire through Patreon, I promise I will, I will put it towards saving movie theaters. There
0: you go. California, California listeners, now is the time to donate.
2: No, no, everywhere. I mean, that would just be the beginning.
0: Oh, that's just your first step.
2: I will save movies. If I become a billionaire through Patreon, I promise to save movies. I promise.
0: All right. If John becomes a billionaire through Patreon, he's going to litter his yard with old beat-up helicopters.
2: Yeah, you can't you can't depend on these two, but I you have my word.
0: If I become a billionaire
2: Ooh, it's going to be some
0: pedals. Reverb.com crashing because they can't handle my credit card orders. Well, Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bockbridge Corson, and Daniel Powell. Support us on Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers. Send your election prediction questions, skyline questions, area code questions, and pedal questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Also if you join the Patreon, there are active discussions and all these topics going on in the Patreon Election Profit Makers Discord. If you want to try predictit.org, it's a great site for losing money. Go to predictit.org/promo/epm20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. That's 20 more dollars that you can lose for free. It's free money. It's a wonderful (laughs) wonderful idea when you think about it.
2: Very rare opportunity to lose money that's not yours.
0: Yeah, exactly. How often does that happen? Tell your friends and family about election profit makers. We'd like to grow our listener base and increase our wealth.
1: Yeah.
0: But tell them it's jazz. (laughs) Say, the hosts are pretty terrific, and it's like jazz. Just say that. My name is David, and I'm leaving now. Goodbye, Starly. Bye. Goodbye, John. Bye, guys. Best episode ever. Complete chaos.